0: One favor I have for you is this. If you love this podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review because reviews really matter. helps us spread the word and helps other people really discover this podcast. So if this was valuable to you, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really strikes you as an aha moment, shoot us an email to hello. At MastenKip.com, tell us which episode it was and about what time uh, the breakthrough was in the episode, so that we can really know. Because I'd love to hear from you what your aha moments are. I love hearing that, and my team loves hearing that too. So, without any further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Masten Kip Podcast. It's time to stop looking for a magic bullet. There is no magic bullet. No magic bullet. There's no magic gun. There's no magic wand. Okay, there's regulation, there's co-regulation, there's expertise, there's skill set, and there's things that encourage it to grow, but what happens if you spend $100,000 trying to make a seed grow, but you never planted it? And then you're like, oh, I finally got here, 100 grand, plant that shit, grow, bitch! What the f*** is taking so long? Right? It's been three seconds. You grew it. How long does that should take, right? Could you imagine if we had the same mindset around pregnancy as we did around breakthrough moments as a kid, I'm just got, I'm a zygote, hurry up and grow, go next. I should be born now. Go. Is that, and by the way, how are we in the womb? What are we doing there? We're neurotic. Okay. I hope the ass doesn't go where the face goes this time. (laughs) <laughs> Is that what we do? Could you imagine you're taking your attachment pattern into the womb? Okay, don't put the ass on the face. Don't put the ass on the face. Please, 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 please make sure my thyroid goes there. I don't want my, le- my lungs in my left knee. Please. Could you imagine all the neurotic shit? You come out like so stressed. But what do you do? You're there. You're being breathed. You're being provided for in the right environment. And it takes time to build myelin pathways. You can do it. But when we're talking about mastery, guys, I'm not talking about like some proficiency, right? I'm not talking about making your first $10,000 a month. I'm talking about never fucking going back, having it be so automatic. It's no big deal. And you can pass it on. And it's a new normal where like you're in your element. Who follows? Does this make sense? I'm not talking about just like, oh, yeah, I kind of got that webinar strategy once. Oh, yeah, I think I saw a mastering coach, so I can go do that. You have any idea how much coaching and therapy I've had? Oh my God, right? And because you teach what you need to learn, how f- up do you think I am? Seriously, seriously, right? That's not a diss at me, it's just what's true, right? It takes time, and for me, it's life, this is a lifestyle more than anything else, right? This is not my first rodeo. Could you imagine, right? Going in for heart surgery. So uh, <clears throat> how many of these you done? First one, who'd want that doctor? <laughs> I saw how to do it on YouTube, though. It's fine. <laughs> right? It takes time. It takes practice. It takes time and practice and feedback in the right environment. Okay? So when we look at deliberate practice and the work of Anders Ericsson, who really you know, was the researcher on this, you have to be motivated to attend to the task and exert effort to improve your performance. It requires effort. And if we look at it through the lens of attachment, a lot of us exerted a lot of effort with our attachment figures that never paid off. Think about it. Think about it. My effort with my mom didn't pay off until I was almost 35. That's a fucking marathon. What do you think? Yeah. So when you make up the mind like this is not going to work, well, it hasn't worked in the past, but we still have to be able to figure out the effort, right? If you think about training, whether it's training at a championship level, an Olympic level, world-class level, it's consistent effort. What we do up here is so fucking hard. It's hard. And by the way, I think in the whole room, I have the easiest job. I do. I think the rest of the team works way harder at harder shit. In fact, can we just give all the team an incredible round of applause, guys? It's so good. But we have to want to exert effort. And the design of the task should take into account your pre existing knowledge. So, like, if I'm going to go from, for example, being a plumber into a rocket scientist. Unless I have pre existing information around that, it's going to take time to build the pathways. So, we want to extend the knowledge that you have. Now, what I loved about neuroscience and like learning polyvagal theory and stuff like that, I adopted it that fast because I'd already seen the phenomena so many times in my coaching practice for over a decade that I was like, oh, that's what that's called. That's called dorsal. I got a, I know lots of dorsal. I just thought that was like resistance or something. But then I could be more articulate with it. Oh, that's called sympathetic. Oh. And I could start looking through that lens. But I've seen the phenomenon so many times, it just given it a name. But I've seen the phenomenon forever. Who follows? Does this make sense? Right? So you have to take into mind your, what you're already good at, but consider that just because you weren't praised for what you already were good at, doesn't mean that you can't get paid for it. Doesn't mean that you can't grow it. And doesn't mean that, if, especially if you're kind of all over the place, like you're like a polymath, like you love lots of different stuff, Right? In a weird way, when you start to move towards your purpose, all that shit tends to come together. And you don't really know why, but you're like, oh shit. I'm like, why the f*** was I shown the entertainment business? I remember when I left the entertainment business, I'm like, why did I see this? I got to see what I was like to do things at a global scale. That's amazing, right? Why was I shown all the health crisis stuff? Well, I didn't realize, but the whole environment healthcare is a lot of people. All these things start to come together. There isn't a person that I've met yet who has the understanding of marketing and business and trauma and physiology and neurobiology that I do. I hope I create more of them, but what tends to happen is the business and marketing people go, dude, that's deep, bro. Like, I know. And they kinda joke about trauma sometimes. Like, haha, I'm asking, it's your trauma. You know, and I'm, li- I'm glad that it's becoming memeified in some of my business circles. It's really good. But the professionals, like the licensed counselors and neuroscientists and stuff, usually they're very introverted and kind of like the one-to-one thing. And I can bring those two worlds together right? That's a new phenomena, but it's interesting. All my history brought that forward. So I want you to think about your history and in a weird way, all of your experiences, all your traumas, all your relationships, whatever it is, all of your gifts, all the things that you used to do, maybe you used to be a singer. Like I, how do I use that? Well, who knows? Did you know that the vocal cords and vocal tone can be really powerful in healing, healing trauma? It's a diaphragmatic. Process. It's a vagal regulation, so you have to start to understand your past history can be brought into whatever you're working on now. In fact, it was probably required for you to go through that. But you also have to receive immediate information and feedback. That's what Anderson found, and that's not just what he found. Chick sent me high with flow. Found that too, right? You got to be able to go. Hey, what's the feedback on it? Did I get that right? Should I adjust it? What do you think? Right? It's really important to be able to have that to have the deliberate practice in context to what you know with feedback. And this shit needs to be repeated over and 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 over over again. How many times do you think I've coached people through their trauma? I stopped counting, but I know it's well over 10,000 hours, right? That's why I can sit here and see somebody who's having a psychotic break, a dorsal shutdown, whatever, and just stay regulated, right? You never seen that before. What are you going to do? What the was that? Am I dangerous? Am I a threat? What's happening here? oh, what's wrong with that person? Oh my God. Right. Or just, hi, I've had to train the nervous system to be able to do that. I've had to go through all the neuroscience so many times to be like understanding it, asking the experts, all the crazy questions. And the important thing to realize is it's practice. I'm not more special, more smart than anybody. I just have a certain type of practice and a certain type of thing. That hasn't been well practiced with everybody else yet, but I guarantee you this if you had the same amount of practice and the same stuff I did in the same environments, you would be just like me or better. I guarantee it. And by the way, same thing for me. If I had your history with your practice and your environment, I'd be just like you. So I have to understand that myelin, which has helped build those pathways of, of uh, habits that become automatic, doesn't care about anything other than how much repetition it has which is why you try something one, two, three, four, five, six times and quit. That's not enough. You got to try it over and over and over and over and over again. And It's the mindset I want you to have is the mindset of that of a child learning to walk. Okay. If you're a parent and your child takes its first step, what do you say? That's what you say? You unencouraging. Is that what you say? (laughs) Come on out loud. Make the sound of what it would sound like. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh my God. Right now takes the first step. Falls on its face. What do you do? You go, oh, we don't got a walker this time. Shit. I think they're screwed for the rest of their life. Uh, Johnny's not going to be a walker. Shit. Is that what you say? What do you say? Try again. Now, who here is pretty automatic and they're walking? One person, it looks like. I pretty much, I would imagine the entire room unless you have an injury. Is it true? Why? It's automatic, right? When things become automatic, it's like you don't even think about it, right? But there was a time where you had to really use all your brain power and all your body, to, like take these steps. It was really difficult. Has there anything, ever been anything that you've done that used to require a lot of information, a lot of thinking that's now automatic besides walking? What else? Driving? Exactly. What else? Talking? What? Riding a bike? What else? Piano? Breathing? Very good. What else? Lip reading? Lifting. lifting, yes. Yeah, the proper form when you're lifting weights, especially if you get super heavy, like you can fuck your shit up with the f-ing wrong deadlift, right? What'd you say? <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, you mean like promoting yourself on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everything is, and by the way, you ever hear people talk about how like, God, the older I get, time speeds up? You want to know why that happens? Either because you're in a flow state completely enmeshed in what you love, which is rare. Usually it's because you're doing the same shit every day all the time and you're never doing new stuff. The reason why time goes slower when we're a child is because everything's new all the time. And so time tends to slow down and feel like it's going slower when there's new stuff because you're like in this thing of like learning. And as a child we're developing sensory motor skills. What's sensory motor skills? What is that? What's sensory? Taking stuff in, how I take that in. What's motor? How to move. Am I using any motor skills right now? Like what? What else? That's right. What about right now? Right? What about if I fall over? That go out of balance. Those are all sensory motor skills, right? When you stop learning, you stop growing, time just kind of speeds up, whatever, right? When you challenge yourself to learn a new skill, that's when time kind of slows down a little bit, but you gotta have that myelin pathway built over time. If you read the talent code, Daniel Coyle, he talks about this. People who are the world class of something practice it over and over and over and over and over again. That's why I love the idea of pattern exhaustion. Who's, ever, who, what, who's never heard the term before? Pattern exhaustion. So pattern exhaustion is a phenomenon where you do something over and over and over again until it doesn't have any agency or control over you, right? So we see someone go, what about me? First time, how hard is it? Was it really hard? Yes or no? yeah, what if she stood there for three days? What about me? 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 What would happen besides tired arm? (laughs) There'd probably be like no charge to it. Who follows, right? When I wanted to learn how to speak, I just kept speaking until I had so many pattern interrupts and the pattern got exhausted that it was like, whatever. So we have to do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over over again. Chop wouldn't carry water before and after enlightenment before and after you healed your trauma. That's what it is. It's all about fundamentals. If I'm Steph Curry, which I'm not, obviously, but if I was and I wanted to be really good at basketball, what do I practice? Fundamentals, footwork, shot work, all that type of stuff. It's always the fundamentals. And what's interesting is amateur mindset says, yeah, 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 Here, I know you gave that to me, but what else you got? Now, I know no one in this room ever said that, but who knows someone who said that? Let me see by I show hands. I know you just gave me the cutting edge shit, but what else is there? What else is there is the work. The process, the repetition, that's what else. Everything else, until it becomes automatically subcortical, there is nothing else except for the work. And that's the process. And the other thing I have to understand is, guys, environment is key. It is so, so vital to be in the right environment. If I have a seed that I carry around with me, and I pray to it, and I meditate to it, and I make sure Mercury's not in retrograde and all that type of shit, and I love it, and I send it all these healing vibes and stuff, and it sits in my hand, what's going to happen to it? Nothing. What's going to happen if I plant it in gravel? What about the right soil for that seed in the right environment? That's right. What if I rip it out right before it starts to put down foundations? That's right. And so the opportunity to realize is that it's about the right seed in the right soil in the right environment, and that's not willpowerable willpower is a finite resource. So if you ever studied uh, any type of science, you've already heard that argument of nature versus nurture, right? Which one is it? Nature or nurture? It's both, but which one is ultimately more powerful? Environment, nature, right? Now, certain genes in our bodies do require actual input from the environment to know what to do. That's true, right? But when we look at nature versus nurture, there's internal environment and external environment. And so I want you to understand the quality of your trauma healing plus your microbiome health is the internal environment that, when regulated, changes everything. We'll talk about the gut in a second, okay? The quality then of your external environment directly impacts you, and all of that filters up to the quality of your mindset. Because think about this. Who's ever been hung over? Let me see if I show hands. Anybody hungover right now? Okay. When you're hungover, let's pretend you like went out crazy drinking, ate all the inflammatory foods you're allergic to times 10, and you went to bed at like, you know, midnight, and then I come annoyingly 3 a.m. All right, time to go for a run. What's your mindset going to be? You, right? Why? Is it because you don't want to be in shape? What is it? You're dysregulated. Who follows? this makes sense? Right? When you regulate your microbiome health, which regulates so many other things, and your emotional trauma and or trauma, traumatic health, emotional health, it's easy to have a good mindset. When you feel like shit in your body, it's not easy to have a good mindset. When you're in chronic pain, it's not easy to have a good mindset. And over time, that shit will win all day long. That's why I learned helplessness is a thing. Learned helplessness is I can't fucking change it. It's personal, permanent, and pervasive right? But if your internal world changes and it's healthier, the mindset is amazing. Think about this. Let's pretend you had a really nourishing food that was perfect proportional macros for you with the exact food that you need to eat that you're not allergic to. You had a a uh, digestive enzyme that helped you digest not just one specific macronutrient but all three and you were able to break them down. You chewed the food really well and it was well digested and then all of a sudden you had a massage and you were hydrated and you had acupuncture and you went outside and it was a very calming environment and your partner had the right focal tone and facial expressions. What's the mindset? Yeah, unless you're hypervigilant, what's going to happen? Right. But in general, it's amazing, right? So what you eat changes. People say, Mastin, trauma is not just about what happened to you. It's genetic. What the does that mean, genetic? It means the genes you were born with? Well, okay, nobody can change that, but you can change the expression of them. How? How do you change genetic expression? What type of environments, though? First, internal. Food changes epigenetic environment. Uh, epigenetics. Did you know that? Your genes change based on the foods that you eat. And by the way, your microbiome is consistently changing. It's a biomarker just like anything else. It's never the same. It's always changing. In fact, your microbiome not only is it unique only to you, because it's always changing, it's more unique than a fingerprint. Because fingerprints don't really change. That's why we use them to identify people. But your microbiome does. So we have to start to understand it's the quality of your microbiome health, your gut health, because almost all the neurotransmitters are there. All the digestion is there. People say you are what you eat. Is that true? No you are what you absorb. You can eat shit and shit it out. Is it true? Right? Just ask anyone who can't digest corn. (laughs) It's true. It's true, right? You are what you absorb. And the other thing is, is where does the majority of your immune system live? It lines the gut, right? And what we're starting to realize is the gut is affect that sends data here, And it's the gut-brain access that's so vital and so important. If your gut-brain access is f***ed up, so many other things are going to be f***ed up. Sometimes you think you have a chronic illness that's like one little thing, but it could actually be just dysbiosis. What's dysbiosis? It's when your gut's off. It's like dysregulation of the gut, right? And when your gut's dysregulated, so many other things can become dysregulated, okay? So you have to have good microbiome health. You have to have emotional fitness. Which comes first? I debated this with Dr. Jeffrey Bland, who's the father of functional medicine. We decided both come first. We couldn't figure out which one, okay? But they both come first. You have to have both. Then you have to be in the right environment with the right people. Environment is what are you taking in on a day-to-day basis? And not just is there toxic mold in your environment, but do you have supportive in people? For me, my environment has to be structured because prefrontal cortex activity for me on a day-to-day basis is rather difficult. So I have to like lay out my shoes in the morning. Untied with like all the workout stuff right there, so I can just easily find it and go. Okay, right, I'm supposed to go work out now because I wake up in a little bit of a fog every day. This is how my brain's wired, right? So you have to be in the right environment, the right people in the environment, the right co-regulation of those people in the environment. So you're not just around people who are like all day, right? And then all of that emerges the right mindset, and the mindset can be guided, but. If you have really significant dysbiosis and you haven't done your trauma work, your PFC gets hijacked all the time. And really, mindset is prefrontal cortex activity. Who follows? Does this make sense? Am I, you guys with me? Okay. Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma informed information